welcome everybody to this latest edition of We Talk Photo. I'm you, one of your hosts, John Peterson, and with me as always is Jack Graham. Hello there, everybody. Hello. So, here we are again, Jack. Another episode. We're keeping rolling along. It's all good. It is all, all good. And today we have a very special guest with us, a gentleman by the name of Guy Tall. And if you've not heard of Guy, you should have. Guy is one of, he's, he's an incredible photographer. He's an incredible author. He's an incredible thinker about all sorts of things. And he's just a fascinating and interesting individual. And so we welcome you to the show today, Guy. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me, and thank you for this uh, great introduction. Yeah, well, yeah, you've you you made quite an impression on me when we first met. I've known you for a few years, and I think Jack, you've you've known Guy a lot longer. And we went back to uh, Nate, was it naturephotographers.net, Guy? Yeah, yeah, the the old original, and, and that had to be I don't know what ten, twelve, thirteen years ago. <laughs> it was a while ago. Yeah, that was the original five hundred px. <laughs> with less saturated images. <laughs> yeah. So, Guy, for for those of people who may not be familiar with you, what you want to give us just a quick little blurb about you? Uh, sure. Um, well, so my name is Guy. I've been photographing for about uh, probably more than thirty years now. I started uh, playing with the camera when I was a teenager. It was a long time ago. <laughs> um, I've sort of evolved into becoming more of a photographic artist, and, and that's really the, the topic that I like to talk about is the creativity and photography is art. Photography is a means for self-expression uh, because that's what I practice. I, I don't refer to myself as a photographer that creates art, but as a an artist that works in photography. Which is a which is a huge distinction. Yeah, it's however we as artists find our voice, we have different mediums Wait, to get that yeah, out. Open. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I love that you express yourself as an artist who happens to have chosen photography or writing to get out the message that you want to get out. Yeah, and in photography and art, there's always been a sort of a tense relationship. Uh, when photography was first invented, art, especially painters, felt really threatened by it, and it was a, also a time of turmoil in art. Um, so it, it was kind of this long-standing: uh, is photography art? Photography is not art. Photography is all mechanical. It's all representational. And there's been a lot of back and forth discussions on these topics uh, ever since the, pretty much the invention of the medium. Uh, and for me, that's always been an interesting subject to study. And then as a photographer, it really affected my evolution is just to become aware of just all the um, all the thinking and the writing and the kind of arts that were created using photography. Uh, and it's uh, it's interesting that this uh, this tension still exists today, even after a lot of very famous uh, big name photographers uh, are recognized as uh, as important artists. Absolutely. And and just historically, um, I guess where where photography really got kicked off as an art was Stieglitz, am I correct? Uh, in the U.S., uh, Stieglitz definitely was the yeah. biggest name in photographic art. He's sort of the uh, the great granddaddy of all of us. He was a mentor to uh, Edward Weston and Paul Strand and Ansel Adams and Minor White and you know, some of the photographers that I look up to. Yeah. So, Guy, um, let's expand on 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 the on the art end of what we're all trying to accomplish here and maybe uh, get people to realize that there's more to creativity than 
you know, having the, the newest camera and the, the, the newest filter and all this stuff that people are get, getting caught up on these days. It's an amazing thing to me that when I do a talk on visualization or whatever I'm talking about and I ask for questions, every question is, is, is technical. That's what filter should I buy? Yeah. What did you use? What was your F style? You know, and and it, it's counterproductive to creativity. I'm going to let you take the ball on that because we've had so many talks, you and I, and uh, did I miss uh, having those? I got to come down and see you one of these days. But uh, you know, to me, and I'm not, I'm not being, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm just telling the audience here. Uh, Guy is an inspiration to me. They were mm-hmm. friends and all that good stuff. But, you know, I mean, I could pick the phone up and call him anytime. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Jack. Thanks. However, you, he's, you're more to me than just that. Um, your, your work is, is an inspiration. And the way you view photography is something that is reflective in your work, almost more than anybody else I've, I've ever come across. Oh, thank you. That's, that's a big so, compliment. And then I've said that. I really mean it. Uh, this is your podcast, so okay. Let's, let's just let's just talk about the creative uh, end of life here. Okay. Well, I think it's it's important first of all to uh, clarify what what at least what I mean by art. Um, it's it's like I mentioned, kind of a tense relationship between photography and art, and I think it's worth understanding why that is. Um, if you look at any dictionary or encyclopedia or any source of formal definitions and you look up the definition of art, you'll find some variation of, of uh, the words that it's a, an expression of human skill and imagination. So these are three qualifications that are important. Uh, first of all, human, uh, anything that a computer does, that a machine does, is by definition not art. So if you click the, the button to apply a filter, whatever that filter does, it might be very aesthetically pleasing, but it's not art. Um, so human skill is the obvious part. We need to know how to use our, our equipment, our cameras, our processing software. Uh, and it's that imagination part that's really problematic for photographers because to imagine is, is to to create something that did not exist before. And photography as a medium is, is designed to represent things as they are. So in other words, in order to create art in photography, you have to, um, to use the expression from Ansel Adams, to depart from reality. And that's an uncomfortable concept for some photographers, but the tools allow us to do that. The tools of photography allow us to depart from realistic uh, representation. <clears throat> And I mean, Jack, probably an example for music that you might relate to is, uh, I don't know, let's say that you have a piano keyboard and somebody tells you, well, you can only use the white keys because the black keys are not real piano music. It would seem silly. So to me, it's just as silly to say, well, the camera can do all those things. The software can do all those things. The tools can do all those things. But if you touch those tools, it stops being photography. Uh, And that's actually a fairly recent attitude uh, for most of the existence of photography. Photography as art coexisted with photography as a means of representing reality. Uh, it's just uh, since the invention of photojournalism, um, photography has more and more become a means of representing real things, real events, uh, 
commemorations of things that actually happened and the way things actually look like. Uh, but that wasn't the case for for long periods in photography. And today, I think it's definitely not the case because not only are the tools better and more accessible, but a lot more people are doing it in a lot of different styles. And so I think it's important to educate photographers, not just on the artistic abilities of the medium, but also that art is a valid use for photography, that photography has more than one valid use. So, Guy, let me – you kind of triggered a thought with sort of creativity or, or imagination in creating. And we were recently just talking about um, composite images. So when you think about, you know, not photojournalism and realism in photography, but the, but the creating of art through compositing of f- photographs, what do, you, what do you think about that? I don't have a, a moral issue with that. Uh, I think it's important for audiences to know what it is they're looking at, because even a lot of photographs that are passed along as realistic or, or uh, pure or straight or whatever term you want to use, even a lot of those, uh, it's not something that you would have seen with your own eyes if you had been there. Uh, so I think it's important to judge photographs not not by how they're produced, by, by, but by the context that they're presented in. So if you see a photograph in the New York Times, then you can assume that it's a very realistic representation of something that you would have seen if you've been there. If you open an art magazine and look at the photography there, you can pretty much assume that you likely would not have seen that, that it's for the most part a creation from the mind of the photographer using photographic tools to produce a, a work of art or a, something that's expressive, not, not necessarily something that's a representational documentary. Yeah, yeah, very true. Good point. How do you think... Uh, how do you think uh, some of the great photographers who most of them are not, no longer with us would have viewed things like double exposures and and m- some of the manipulation that goes on these days that well, you know, there's a, yeah, there's been a lot of diversity of opinion. I'm sure some of them would not have an issue with that, and some of them would. It, it sort of depends on who the photographer is and what what philosophy they have about the medium. Uh, I, I don't think that there's one right universal answer for everything. If you talk to, if you look at the writings of Stieglitz, of Ansel Adams, of Minor White, you will find a lot there about departing from realistic appearances, uh, about expression in photography, self-expression, that the image should be, or artistic images should be about a feeling about an emotion about a thought about an idea not necessarily about appearances um, no. so there's there's some of that and there's obviously some photojournalism but I think to, to say that one is valid and the other is one or is not and one is more important than the other to me it's just silly looking at the history of photography and the purposes that photography served throughout that history uh, there, there's important work that's been done in photojournalism and in documentary photography and there's important work that's been done in the realm of art uh, uh, expressive art uh, and to me they are all valid uses for the medium and, mm. and one of the one just a comment for our listeners um, you know guy with you I think you, you probably study and read and contemplate more about the history of photography and art more specifically art um, it, you know I kind of look at you a, a little bit as a historian so when we ask you questions about what would somebody think or potentially think you know that it comes from a place of of vast knowledge i think because you're such a a consummate reader and thinker of things in the art world so i I appreciate your opinion when you weigh in on things like that 
Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's important to me, and I think I think there's a lot of very very good uh, value to to learning that history, to learning some of these ideologies and philosophies that photographers had throughout the the history of the medium, because it expands your horizon. You realize that there's a lot more you can do with photography. That there's a lot of great reasons to do things certain ways in certain contexts. Um, yeah, and you know, I, I also write for Lenswork magazine, and that's a magazine that's dedicated to creative art, to photography as creative art. Um, so for me, it's it's not just personally very interesting. For me, it's it's photography has become part of my way of life. So it, the, the more I learn about it, the, the more I want to know more, the more I want to experiment, the, I, the more I want to see how far I can go with the medium. Guy, to that point, um, y- you actually live in an area that you chose because really of of the environment there and the photographic opportunity. Um, You know, I run all these workshops. I'm all over the place. Mm -hmm. Guy really just shoots and kind of, you know, one, one area. I've been trying to get him up here to the Northwest for years and he's totally content being where he is. Could you just talk about that for a bit? Uh, yeah, and actually, let, let me put a slightly different spin on what you just said. I didn't come here for the photographic opportunities. I came here because it's a place that is emotionally meaningful to me. It's a place where I feel at home, where I feel comfortable, where I relate to the scenery and the history, the human history, the natural history. Everything here means something to me. I, I'm part of the story. Uh, and for me, that channels directly into the kind of work that I want to produce. So it's not because I came here because the views are nice. It's because right. the place is what it is that I came here and I want to express that through photography, through writing and other ways. And here is where it's a guy. Yeah. Uh, Here is uh, Torrey, Utah. It's outside Cattle Reef National Park. It is amazingly beautiful down there. What what drew you there in in the beginning? Um, Well, I I, uh, when I first came here i was actually living in california and uh i i just as a budding photographer just getting to know the place i started touring the national parks and some of the places that i knew were photogenic at the time there was no such thing as social media there were some mailing lists email mailing lists and other ways for photographers to connect but the connection wasn't as tight as it is today among photographers you just kind of sort of heard that there's these pretty places here and there and you just went and explored uh and i remember the first time that I came specifically to this place, uh, those of you that are familiar with this area, I came up over Highway 12 uh, from the south, from the Boulder Escalante side. And I just remember being absolutely mesmerized. The view from that road looking down toward Capitol Reef across uh, to the Henry Mountains. It was late afternoon. The light was spectacular. And I just I couldn't drive. I just had to stop all the time. And finally, I just stopped and I just sat. It was just so saturating for me. Uh, and I remember at the time thinking if at any point in my life I could choose where I want to live, it would be a place like this. And years later, when I did get that opportunity, it was very clear to me where I wanted to be. Well, it is an amazing place, and part of the 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 greatness of that area is it's so vast that you know there are places that you have been to that you said that another human probably has never been there. Correct. Uh, actually, I could tell you within an hour, I can probably leave my house and set foot with no other human being ever has, at least no uh, no uh, modern human being. Um, 
And, and you know, I'll give you a couple of anecdotes. I, I like to think about these things. But in my house, sitting in my home, I'm closer to outer space than to the nearest city. Hmm. There is not a single traffic light in the entire county that I live in. <laughs> it's amazing. Awesome. So talk about being quiet, solitude, um, you know, reflection, introspection. Sounds like a beautiful, beautiful area. I've not been down there yet to see you. Uh, well, you should. Uh, yeah. But, but you know, for me, that ties into what I mentioned earlier. Because I am the kind of person that I am, I'm an introvert. I love my solitude. I love being out in nature. I love being out in remote places. This place speaks to me. This place draws me. So when I go to other places, it's hard for me to, to find things to say about these other places because I miss these places where I can be myself. Yeah, I love your, uh, you know, occasionally on social media, I'll see, uh, I'll see a message from you saying, yep, I'm going out for two, three days, and you'll hear from me later. And, you know, where you just go off on, a, on an exploration out into the wilderness and, and go out there and be creative and be with yourself and be with nature. And I'm envious in many ways. Uh, yeah, and that's my mo. I'm, I'm just not a very social person by nature, and I, I can do that. I have the I have the opportunity to do that, and I, I love doing that. So for me, you know, I come home to take care of whatever business I have to take care of at home, and when I don't have to be here, I just head out. So I I, I did a talk for Fuji um, about a year and a half ago, and after I got done. In the Q&A, the best question that someone asked me was, why do I enjoy photography? Why do I photograph? So maybe it might expand what we were talking about before, but what what is it that, that, that and I think I already know the answer, but for people listening, what is it that turns you on about walking around with a camera and maybe just walking around? Uh, well, there's several reasons, but if I had to narrow it down to one, it's because it's it's a it's a process, it's a tool that allows me to create when I'm at the peak of my inspiration. So when I'm actually out there experiencing things, it becomes part of the experience. Uh, it's not something that I need to think about too much. It's not something that I have to create later from memory. It's something that I I can feel and I can think of ways to express those feelings in photographs, and I can work with all these emotions still in me. And, and, and I think it's very that, that life is very satisfying for you. And, oh, absolutely! Yes. And uh, it, the funny thing is, just, I couldn't really answer that question. Um, I, had, I really had to think about it, but I gave the person an answer, and I said, "I can tell you what I, I don't care about. It's, I almost don't even care about the the photograph. It's the kind of the the hunt is. Uh, it's the experience." The hunt is um, better than kill, you know, and and uh, there's nobody, uh, you know, that 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 understands. I think that process uh, more than I know that more than you, and 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 I think that's why your work reflects, uh, you know, that that kind of. That philosophy of life, you know. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate it. But actually, that that's a very important point that you touched on, and I think it's worth uh, articulating. It's it's that 
the point, I wouldn't say the point necessarily, but uh, to me, and, and it's also proven out by a lot of research, that the greatest reward from practicing art is not the end product. It's the process of engaging in it. It's the creative thinking. It's the creative expression. It's being completely immersed in the process, the, the feeling of flow, if you're familiar with that. Uh, those are, to me, much more much more uh, enjoyable, much more rewarding than the final photograph. Obviously, when I see something, a finished photograph, and it looks the way that I wanted it to look, and it's very satisfying. It's it's, it's an amazing feeling, uh, but the ongoing sustained satisfaction from practicing art to me is not after I finish a photograph or when I have a photograph to show or to share. It's it's in the process, the constant process of working on it, thinking about it, engaging in it, uh, trying to figure out new ways to express things, express emotions in photography. It's not just checking off uh, places uh, from a list. Can I ask, there, is there, uh, you know, we only have uh, a certain amount of time here, and this is a topic that you could probably write a few books on, but could you just describe um, what you, your view on visualizing images and how, you know, we can't teach that here in 10 minutes, but um, the idea that people will walk around and say, boy, you know, how do you, how do you see that? I don't see I don't see like you see. Um, well, you shouldn't see the way I see. You should see well, the you way know, you see. Yes. Uh, well, that, that touches right back to the definition of art being also a product of human imagination. Visualization is to imagine an image the, the way that Ansel Adams described it. It's to see in your mind's eye the finished image before making the exposure. Now, implied in that is something that uh, might not be obvious, but that the visualized image, the image in your mind, has to be by definition different from the image that you see with your actual eye. Otherwise, you wouldn't need to visualize. You wouldn't to imagine uh, so the the whole point of art the whole point of creation the definition of creativity the academic definition is production of things that are novel and useful so novel means they did not exist before useful in art pretty much means that it has some value to somebody uh, but yeah that novelty has to come from visualization it's not enough that you see something pretty and you record it as is it's about seeing just about anything and thinking well what can I express with this or having some feeling within you and looking for some visual means to express that feeling and that's where visualization comes into place let's say that I want an image that represents a certain mood you know I feel joyous I feel melancholy I feel something and it connects with with literal visual elements with colors with lines with shapes with all kinds of abstractions and then you find these elements in the environment so sometimes that feeling is inspired by your actual experience sometimes you come to the experience already with a certain feeling and the experience gives you a way to express it photography gives you a way to express it but for me it's that constant tension of you know i don't just want to show you what i see sometimes i don't want to show you what i see at all i want to give you a sense of what i felt uh and for me that's where visualization comes in it's not just what I see, but what I can do with what I see. Mm -hmm. So, guy, mm -hmm. let me just kind of expand on that a little bit because one of, one of the questions I was going to ask you is, is how or where you find your inspiration, and you've you know you've alluded to it a little bit. What you know, would you say that most of your inspiration comes from internal to you, or some of the external stimulus that's coming to you? I mean, where, where's your greatest inspiration? 
but I think it, I would I would call it the experience. Uh, but the experience obviously has personal inner dimensions and it has outer dimensions too. Sometimes you just see something unexpected and you're just in awe, and that's your experience. And sometimes you come in with certain thoughts and moods, and then something has happened in your life. There's something that you just want to let out, and then it connects with something outside of you. And for me, that's that's the power of photography is that connection. As soon as it's made, you're instantly aware of it, and you can instantly do something about it with your tools. Nice. You're you, it, kind of uh, expanding on that just a little bit. You know, you're you're probably the most cognitive artist that I've ever met, if that's an actual phrase or not. But but you know, so much of your thinking and your thought patterns and your the deepness of your thinking to me comes through in in your art, whether it's photography or writing. And um, oh, thank you. How do you? Does that play a part in before you take or, or create an image or create a piece? I mean, are you involved cognitively or is it emotionally? And 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 then adding on to that, do you ever have your viewer in mind when you're when you're creating an image, or is it really just about you? Uh, well, it, it sort of depends on where I am in the process. So the initial inspiration, the initial concept from an image, that all comes from me and from whatever context I'm in. Then you switch over to the conscious side when you realize, okay, I have something to express. There is something here that I can use to express it. How do I do that? Then you start thinking more more literally about composition. What do I want where in the frame? You start thinking about, well, how can I process it? What do I want to emphasize in my composition? What would I want to emphasize later in processing all these come to the surface later and at that point as you start thinking about the viewer because really the whole point of expressing is you're expressing to somebody else i already know how i feel and so okay i know that certain colors have certain emotional meanings i know that if i arrange certain things a certain way flowing line i can express grace i can express um, joy i can express sadness there's a lot of different visual cues that connect with certain emotions and that's for me a, a more of a more of a conscious process where i just say okay i have all these years of experience i've learned what works what doesn't work sometimes i experiment if i don't know what will work and i try to put it together but the initial spark saying there's an image here there's something here that i can use that that's completely inner that that just comes to the surface when it's ready nice. you know the guy you use the term um and when we uh uh, did our uh, workshops at the Houston Sierra many times called a visual inventory, which is a great term. Mm -hmm. uh, can you just just uh, expand on that and, and suggest uh, how how you know you like to do that or how you can tell other people the the the, the way to uh, uh form. Uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll just a little dime store psychology here. The, the contents of your experience, uh, so, some of it is unconscious and some of it is conscious. And sometimes by the time you're conscious of something, a lot of unconscious work has already happened in your mind. Uh, and sometimes you don't even know where it's coming from. The point of doing a visual inventory of literally making yourself aware, making yourself conscious of everything that you have to work with. Um, you know, I'm going to look around and say, okay, I have these trees there. I have these colors there. I have these lines. I have these shapes. I have this thing that I can juxtapose here. And if I stand 
there, then I can move these things closer together. All of those things are ways of taking some of these unconscious cues that gave you that feeling and making yourself conscious of them so you can compose them, so you can work with them. Uh, the example that uh, you know my workshop students probably heard this a hundred times is uh, if you come home and you know you're tired and there's a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter on the table, that's your dinner because you don't know what else you have. But if you look in the fridge and you open the cabinets and you go online and you look up some recipes, all of a sudden you realize you have a much richer array of possibilities that you can create something from. You can't create something from ingredients you don't even know you have. So the point of a visual inventory is to make yourself consciously aware of as much as you can so you can then figure out what out of all this however many elements you have to work with you can compose into something expressive uh, that's a, a perfect perfect answer I, and I, again I've uh, heard that from you on these workshops a, a billion times but I so <laughs> it, it's it's uh, it always hits home and it's a it's a great way of uh, Great way of seeing things, you know, and I think just adding just a little bit to that, um, you know, I always tell people to slow down and, mm -hmm. and and enjoy where you are. And the photograph is almost secondary and just and I love to go where I get to go. I love to take my time and slow down and, and kind of when the shutters is pushed and the the file is on the card. Things are almost over at that point. Well, yeah, you know, and, and even combining those two aspects, though, Jack, I think that you know, you to take a visual inventory, you literally have to slow down and stop. And to Guy's point, be very conscious. Mm -hmm, that's of true. Acknowledging every element that you see to put together into that composition. That's a good point, and the reason that it's true is that you know, much as we might not. I want to believe otherwise our our conscious capacities are very very limited we can only keep track of so many things at one time consciously uh, and when you slow down you allow yourself more time you allow your brain to dedicate more processing power to looking at what's around you to become conscious of what's around you and to dedicate more of this those skills more of that uh, processing power toward the, the act of creating something rather than being distracted by a lot of different things how many times, Guy, did we, did you finish that talk, and then we went out into the field with our group, and the, the engine stopped in the cars, and the people ran like rats out of a sinking ship. <laughs> Well, that, that, I mean, that, that happens, you know, practically every time. But the point is what I like to tell people, because, you know, we go to these places and they're so incredibly beautiful that it just hits you in the face. You just can't help yourself. I just have to point a camera at it. But what I tell my students is, OK, do that. Get it out of your system. But don't stop there. When you're done, when you're satisfied that you got the thing that just hit you in the face. All right. Take a deep breath. Slow down. And now start looking around at the details, at the colors, at the shape and see if you can do more. Yeah. We, uh, John, um a number of years ago, before one of our Eastern Sierra trips, uh, Guy and I scouted for, I think it was about two days, I think, and, and we didn't carry a camera, and we talked about what we were seeing and what, what we, you know, this the visualization and the things, and I, I, I'll never forget that. That I, I always said to Guy, I said, I wish somebody was following us around and listening to what we were talking about, and mm. um Quite often, I know that, you know, uh, when Guy does things with um, 
with groups, you know, am I correct, guy? You'll take people out and tell them no camera for a while, correct? Uh, actually, no, I haven't done that specifically, but I, I try to lead by example. When I'm with a workshop, I don't photograph for myself. I don't care if Elvis comes out riding on a unicorn. I can't photograph it. <laughs> My point in being there is to be a teacher, and that's what I'm there for. Um, and and I like to inspire that that sense in people. Where it's not just always be on the hunt for photograph, but experience first experience where you are what, what you're doing you know think of it just evolve that sense of just gratitude just think of how lucky you are to get to be here and to see these things and to to to, to smell and to hear you know not, not just the photographs that you will be bring back but just the whole totality of the experience and out of that try to create a photograph that will represent that and um, you know people think i'm crazy when i say okay i don't really i don't really hope that my photograph will be good representations of that experience i hope they will fail miserably to represent that experience because the experience itself is is so much richer uh but if i can give you a sense of what it was like if i can ignite something in your brain that says wow you know this this looks whatever joyous this looks dramatic this looks whatever feeling that i want to express then at least i've given you the the essence of that experience yeah, excellent. So, guy, let me let me switch gears just real quick to another one of your creative outlets, which is your writing. You're a very mm-hmm. prolific writer and an incredible writer. It in and for me, it's your ability to take these really deep, really complex topics and distill them to where mere mortals can sort of understand what it is that you're saying. And how do you how do you Choose, you know, because you've got two great outlets, both photography and writing, for your artistry. Mm-hmm. And, and what's your what's your philosophy around writing? Uh, first of all, I assure you, I'm as moral as anyone. <laughs> um, uh, my philosophy is that for me, they allow me to engage with the world in different ways. So for me, writing is, is a better way of just taking all that chaos in my brain and organizing it into distilling something useful out of it. And photography is the opposite. It allows me to distill things out of the outer world, out of things that I see and experience. Um, so the two just come together because the, the experience the complete experience has dimensions that are within dimensions that come from the outside uh and with photography i can arrange the visual world around me with writing i can distill the 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 threads in my brain into something coherent uh so they serve different purposes but but to me they're very complimentary yeah which i think my favorite book from you i mean your blog i always read your blog but your your book that's called more than a rock Mm-hmm. Essays on art, landscape, and photography. I think I've read that several times and just love what you've done in that book. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I think that that's still that's still up on Amazon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is. yeah. So if you, if listeners, if you guys want to check that out, I highly encourage you to do that. Guy, what we all know that you just did a, uh, uh, a, a Photoshop oriented book. Um, what else have you written that people can find other than your blog? Uh, well, for the Photoshop book, uh, I think the concept behind it is it's more of a not just how to do things, but also why to do things. Uh, my point in writing that book was to show you that the important part is to have some artistic con- concept in mind. And then there's just a set of very basic tools that you can use to do practically everything. You don't really need the little nitty gritty 
tips and tricks and you know because just using these few simple tools you can do most of what you want and that's what that book is about but um, I write a, a regular column for a lens work magazine uh, it's in, on the back pages of every issue uh, Brooks Jensen the editor just uh, reminded me recently that I've written more than 30 of them now and I'm, wow. I'm very very proud of that uh, I also write for uh, On Landscape it's an online magazine a uh, British magazine uh, managed by uh, Tim Parkin um, and of course, I write on my blog, and I'm also working on another book manuscript right now, which I'm hoping to be able to publish in the, the coming months. You know, you, you know, you, guys. Oh, go ahead, Jack. What, I was just going to say, um, when you when you get another ten or fifteen of these uh, uh, lens work um, articles, I, I would talk to Brooks and ask him. Maybe we should do a, a book with a few images, but public republish all these articles in one in one place. I think it would be amazing. Well, that, uh, that actually happened before. The person that used to have these pages before me, his name was Bill Jay, and he wrote a lot of articles for Lenswork. Right. Uh, and 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 his articles were put in a book by Lenswork after he passed. So, uh, so I'm hoping that doesn't happen too soon. <laughs> yeah, before you pass. I, yeah. I would uh, I would really lo love to see that. Yeah, you know I mean, one, one of the points you talked about, guy, which I think is so critical that that's missing today. It's it's not what to do. I mean, so so much in photography, it's an easy conversation about equipment and settings, and here are the sliders, and here's all this. You know, technically, there's all this technical information out there, but it's the why why we yes. need to do something, why we should do this. That's a difficult subject to teach, I think, and but it's it's really difficult for a lot of people to consume that because they don't want to think too much. If they just want to deal with sort of the easy answers on the technical side of things, and and you talking about why to do something is yeah, and I think the sure. reason yeah ease ease is definitely. Part of it, but I think a, a more important part is is the motivation, right? So today, the the motivations for people to photograph just come from everywhere. There's social media likes, and there's popularity, and there's sales, and there's becoming influencers or whatever. There's a lot of uh, or entering competitions or or you know licensing images. There's a lot of different motivations to create photographs, and. I believe that people don't really understand the rewards that they could get from creative and expressive and artistic photography to the same degree because a lot of people don't don't have never experienced those things. Uh, and I have, and in my experience, the rewards that I get from making creative photographs, yeah, it makes me less productive because I never know going out what I'm going to come back with or if I'm going to come back with everything. But the rewards of actually engaging in the process of actually consuming that experience of finding ways of expressing that experience in a photograph, to me, they're orders of magnitude more than even the prettiest picture I could produce just by skill alone. Wow. Well, you well, know, it, it, it's a, uh, it's uh, it's well said, and you know I just can see in Guy's work all, all this that we've been talking about, and I I I, 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 I guess maybe it's a style I, I don't know, but it, 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 just maybe a last question, Guy. Do you consider that you do you have a style of your photography? It, you look at that as important. 
Well, but my thoughts on style is that it's not something that you consciously impose on your work. It's something that ensues out of your work. If you just create as the person that you are, if you express the things that are meaningful to you, just by virtue of being a unique person, there will be some consistency to that. That's the style that other people will see in your work. That's not something that you choose and say, well, my style is black and white so rectangle whatever right it's not just something that you just put put up a list it's not a processing of I mean, it it's it's all about okay i create images according to my own sensibilities according to the things that are important to me and over time you can see some commonality because the common denominator is me and i'm a unique human being so the style emerges by itself eventually right, right. it's it's kind of like uh you know, when Guy and I have had some long talks on music and stuff, and, you know, you you can hear Miles play one note and you know it's Miles, you know. But the reason that you know it's Miles, right, is if, if all these musicians played the notes and the chords exactly, perfectly, technically correct, you couldn't tell them apart. The reason you can tell them apart is that each one adds their own, you know, a little spice to it, that, you know, that they don't play exactly accurately what's on the paper. You know, somebody might add another note to a chord that somebody else would play just a chord, right, or somebody might play a little faster, a little slower might sustain some things a little longer than other things and you can tell because it's not something that they deliberately do and say okay this is going to be my style it's just a way that they play that expresses them that expresses yeah. their sensibilities and that's how you can tell you can hear if you know it's just like yeah that's the style of miles not because miles decided that would be his style but because he's been playing for so long and has learned to express himself so in such a nuanced way that you can tell it's him yeah exactly exactly well I have to tell you, um, folks, again, if you don't know Guy's work, you should. And um, just before we uh, put the nail on this one, Guy, is there anything we're leaving out as far as um, your books or where we can find you? Have we covered everything here? Uh, pretty much. I mean, obviously, there's my website, GuyTal.com, and that's the gateway to pretty much everything that I do. Um, I, I guess that would be it. And you, you, that the, the, here's just check out the website. It's amazing, okay. um, guy. It's an honor to have you here. Um, oh, thank you. you. Know, we, we, we have a lot of stories that we could bore people with, um, and it, it, it's been my pleasure to know you and and to uh, and I've learned so much and continue to and um, it's uh, it's just really really a great thing to have you here on the podcast. Um, as we always do at the end of these podcasts, we tell everybody we do have um, a, an email. Uh, if you would like to drop us a note, uh, good or bad, uh, with some ideas or people you'd like us to try to reach out to or topics we'd like you'd like us to discuss, and that is we talk photo at gmail dot com. And we have a website uh, as well, and it's obviously wetalkphoto.com. Um, and uh, we'll post some uh, note, show notes on here, Guy, and uh, tell everybody um, where they can read and view your work. And I, uh, John, uh, it's just great to have Guy, wasn't it? Oh, for sure. For sure. I still remember, Guy, I think the first time I met you was in the woods of, of the Eastern Sierras and mm-hmm. walking through the cottonwoods going, how would you shoot that? And how would you shoot that? And 
from that on, from that point on, it's, it's, uh, I've always looked up to you and you've inspired me in many different ways. So thank you very much for being here. Well, thank you guys. Between the two of you, I think my head is now about three times bigger. So, uh, <laughs> well, you know what? We could have, we could have done more, but, uh, uh, maybe the next next one we do, guy, we will just do funny stories. How's that? We got plenty of those. Yep. <laughs> all right, everybody. Hey, thank you all, and uh, we look forward to doing a new podcast for you uh, coming up in a short period of time. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Yeah.